everybody. This is Keach Rainwater with the Designated Drummer Podcast. Hope everybody's having a great week. Um, if you got a chance to listen to last week's podcast, I had Scott Brewer on, who is a teacher instructor at Blackbird Academy, and they have a great, great program over there. I mean, it's so great. I hope everybody got a chance to listen to that one. Um, I really enjoyed talking to Scott and uh, learning about uh, Blackbird Academy and about um, the programs that they have over there. If you get a chance, go back and listen to that one. It was last week. Um, in uh, if, if you're listening to in the future, uh, it is May of um, 2023. And uh, so they talk a little bit about um, their, their two programs that they have. One was a live music program for learning engineering live. And they have uh, another studio another program that's studio engineering, you know, and, uh, they teach, uh, you know, audio engineering. And I mean, from the ground up, we're talking audio, like electricity and electrical circuits and things like that, all the way up to, uh, the fine art of mixing and, um, all that stuff, uh, how to troubleshoot things. And, um, the, those people over there are so well-trained that every, body that I've ever seen or worked with that came out of Blackbird Academy was just super prepared, super awesome. They never got flustered. And that's one thing they teach over there is not to get flustered when something goes wrong. It's a simple input output. You know, there's, there's a simple answer why there's a buzz or why something's not working or whatever. And they, they teach you how to chase it down. And my drum tech that I have with out with me on the road right now, Chase, he is a graduate from Blackbird Academy, and I love him. He is so amazing for not being a drummer. Like when he started this job, he was not a drummer, and he had never drum teched before. He was more of an audio tech person, and we needed a person that could do video, uh, our video wall that we have. We needed a person that could, that could troubleshoot that and tech it and set it up and all that stuff. But we also needed a drum tech at the same time. So he was keen to come out uh, at a moment's notice and join our touring insanity and uh, learn how to drum tech from the ground up uh, and learn uh, about the video setup and things like that. And, and he's just been so great. And um, I was going to uh, talk this week a little bit about drum teching and why, you know, got me thinking, why have a drum tech and what is the whole uh, deal about having a drum tech or not having a drum tech or whatever. Today, I was over at Blackbird Academy. I was invited after Scott Brewer and I had our wonderful conversation. I was invited to come to the school and talk to their students and just talk about being a drummer. Uh, and I got to play the drums a little bit for them to mic them up and set them up and run them and mix them and all that stuff. And I played drums on their rehearsal stage there that they have over at Claire brothers and where the blackbird Academy is. Um, and there was about, I don't know, about 10 or 12 students there that I got to speak with today and answer questions and things like that. It's some really good questions. And one gentleman in particular, and I apologize that I don't remember his name, was uh, asking me what uh, things about, uh, well, what would I need to know or what would be some good um, uh, information kind of tip pointers for if somebody that's uh, interested in being a drum tech. 
And so I got to thinking about that and I just kind of uh, filled his brain with all kinds of stuff about being a drum tech and why I, things I like about a drum tech and things that, that, um, I've had drum techs in the past that, that did not do as well. Um, and the things that, that was kind of like, he said, what's your biggest pet peeve about a drum tech? And, uh, so I was answering questions about that and it got me thinking that I would talk about that today on the podcast. And, uh, so I'm going to uh, cover that today um, about why a, tr- why a tech, why would you have a drum tech or why not have a drum tech? Um, if you're on tour and you have records and that kind of thing and you're a successful band and well, I mean, come on, if you're out there playing for a living and you're making music uh, and you're making money at playing, you're successful. I mean, let's just face it. You know, there's so many uh, opportunities that you could play for free and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you can make a living or make money at playing drums, playing music, then you are successful in my opinion. Um, but let's say you are a little bit more, uh, uh up the ladder, let's say of, uh, touring and that kind of thing. And you have a record deal and you have to do radio visits and things like that. You, you know, you, there's probably enough money in the budget for your touring to have a crew um, where you have a guitar tech and you have uh, somebody that sets up the front of house and you have uh, people like that. And then usually you'll have a drum tech. And, you know, it back in the day when we, uh, when I was in the group Canyon, uh, we, I did not have a drum tech and we were, we had a record deal and we had videos out and we were, we were moderately successful, um, from a, from a touring standpoint, we toured all the time. We played all the time and we, we didn't have a drum tech. I, I didn't, we weren't at that level to where we could afford. First of all, we didn't have enough bunks <laughs> in the bus to, to, to be able to have a drum tech and all that stuff. Um, plus we had five on stage and we had a sound man and we had, I think we believe we had three techs and a driver and all that stuff. And, um, we had, we were at capacity. I think we had just enough people, uh, bunks on the bus to cover the people that we had. So, um, eventually I did get a drum tech. I did have a guy that would set up my drums and stuff like that. And it was great to have that. Um, but in the beginning, I did not have a drum tech and everybody set up their own gear and even the owners of the band, the you know, Steve and Johnny that owned the band Canyon, um, they would get up there and get up early and we'd go in there and we'd set our own gear up. Everybody'd set their stuff up and help set the PA up and bring stuff in. We, we were working, we were hard working dogs. I mean, we got out there and did it and then played, you know, how many ever hours, five, six hours a night, when we were just doing the clubs and then when we got a record deal we started playing more like one-nighters and doing where i remember we went from like five sets a night down to doing like three sets a night when we got a record deal and we started making our own records and things and we still were playing some cover music and some dance music we just throw in we it was a very smooth transition from bar band to recording act until eventually we were just doing one-nighters with one show we do like an hour and a half show or whatever and that's it you know and there would be like an opening act or something like that and we'd move on to the next town but for a while there you know we were setting up our own gear and we were uh, playing our three shows a night and then we'd tear it all down and I honestly don't 
know how we had all the energy to do that because by the, the end of the night, after doing something physical like playing drums all night, this very physical thing, how in the heck did I ever have enough energy to tear the whole drum kit down, put all the stuff back in the cases, roll it out to the trailer, load the trailer. I don't know how I ever had that energy to do that and how I survived all that, but I was younger and I, I guess I had more stamina. I don't know. But um, then, uh, you know, um, Canyon uh, kind of dissolved after a while. And I was back in Dallas playing clubs and setting up my own gear again and all that. And then uh, got the call to come up to Nashville to play with Lone Star, which we were playing clubs. back. I was back in the club thing, setting up my own gear and stuff like that. Never complained. I, I enjoyed doing it. Um and I would set up my own gear, and then we got our record deal with BNA Records, uh, which is part of RCA. Um, RCA had several labels, and BNA was one of them. So we um, got our record deal and started making records and things like that. And I remember we had a manager at the time that said, "Now you can't be both at once. You can't be a, a, a bar band and a recording act. You you need to his wisdom and his advice and experience was saying that we needed to either be a bar band or a recording act, but you couldn't be both. You had to either you had to cancel all your your bar bookings and all the books bookings that we had in bars, like our club dance dance club, you know, gigs that we had. We had to cancel those. We only had a few left on the books anyway. We had to cancel those and just do one nighter like doing our own music where we went and recorded our album and when that album was finished we hit the road saying okay we are now lone star we're a recording act we're just going to do our whole album and maybe a few little cover songs or whatever and even in those days i set up my own drums i set everything up played tore it down and stuff like that and then eventually we were lucky enough to uh have enough money in the budget uh, as no news w- went to number one and we were starting to uh, up our money a little bit uh, playing live, uh, we had a couple of guys that joined us, uh, a monitor guy. We already had a front of house engineer, a sound man. So we hired uh, two guys that were friends from Chicago. Uh, one was a monitor engineer and one was a lighting tech. And they said, we'll come on the road with you guys and we'll if you, but you have to hire us both like monitor. We were just looking for a monitor guy, but then this lighting guy, Alex had come along with us. He was kind of part of the deal. So we're like, okay, sure. Yeah. We could use a lighting tech for sure. So they both joined. And then Alex at that time, Alex was a drummer too. And he was keen and kind enough to say, Hey, I'll set Keech's drums up. I'll be his drum tech and the lighting guy. So like during the day he would set my kid up And then while we're back at the hotel resting or whatever, you know, um, he would set up my drum kit and then go set the lights up and run the lights and stuff like that. Until about the early 2000s, we got really, really busy with these big tours. We were on George Strait tour and uh, the Brooks and Dunn tour and all that stuff. We were uh, just just big potatoes then. And we just, you know, Alex was had so much to do with the lighting so many lights to have to program and stuff like that, that we couldn't, he couldn't do the drum. He couldn't set up the drums anymore. He didn't have to, he didn't have enough time. So we hired a drum tech, uh, Fred Yonda was his name. And so then now I had a proper, like an actual drum tech that was just a drum tech. He was also our stage manager, but he would set up the drums and Alex would set up the lights. And we, I think we had a keyboard tech and we had a guitar tech and we had a stage manager, I think, is that right? Stage manager, I think, Uh, production manager and all that. Um, So anyway, 
um, then I started the whole thing of like having an actual drum tech and all that stuff. And I guess the, the question would be, why do you need a drum tech? Like why, why is there such a job to where a full entire person, a whole career is drum teching? And, um, you know, if you go back and uh, look at some of my past podcasts about one year ago, it's almost one year, almost exactly the end of May of which it is now uh, of 22. I had Steve O. Morrison on my podcast, who is the drum tech with Motley Crue. And he's Tommy Lee's drum tech. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool. That was one of my most uh, listened to podcasts uh, that I've had. Um, one of the one of the biggest numbers as far as how many people listened and stuff. And a very interesting conversation with um, and imagine being a drum tech for somebody like Tommy Lee. I mean, that that that's a career right there. That's that's a that's an important guy because Tommy Lee is a very hard hitter and a very important drummer and he definitely deserves a great drum tech and steve o morrison is tommy lee's drum tech and i was lucky enough to have gotten to design a piece of hardware for tommy lee's drum kit it was like a little plate that this foot switches go on he has these two foot switches um and i believe one of them is like a talkback mic and the other one starts the video screen or something like that uh, anyway um so i had a great conversation with steve o and uh, so the, uh, what I was saying a minute ago was the question comes up, like, why have a drum tech? Well, I will tell you some of the and, and one of the questions I got from this gentleman today at Blackbird was, what are some of the things that I could learn to do that, to be a better drum tech? Like, what are some of the pet peeves that you have? What are things that you like about the drum tech? And what are things that I could do to be a better drum tech? And um, so I'll just... Um, talk about uh, some of the things that you could do if you are thinking about becoming a drum tech or you know somebody that is going to be a drum tech you could pass along this information um, I would say one thing that you well obviously besides things like you have to have a good attitude you have to be very attentive and very detail oriented I would say that's very uh, 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 very important because if the drummer gets up there to play uh, the show, let's say, for instance, there was no sound check, and it's what we call a plug-and-play, uh, like I call it a plug-and-pray, because uh, they set everything up and plug everything in, and you just, no, with no sound check, you just kind of hope and pray that everything works and that everything, you can hear the click track and you can um, hear all your monitors and everything, and everything's plugged in, and there's no, like, surprises. And luckily, right now, we have a great crew. And Chase, my drum tech now, is a wonderful, wonderful drum tech, and he's very detail-oriented. And I, I feel like I don't ever have to worry about anything. I just know things are going to be there, and he's going to be uh, heads up. He's going to have uh, his head in the game, and it's going to be great. But I would say um, one of the first things that I put on my list here for things that a drum tech could do to become a better drum tech is take pictures. So when the drummer sets his kit up, when you're first learning the kit, there's a um, you could draw diagrams and you could make notes. And I know Chase used to take a lot of notes and stuff, but um, everybody's got a phone, right? Take detailed pictures above the kit, looking down on the kit to kind of figure out where everything goes. Take as many pictures as you can as reference so that when you set up the kit, you can look at those pictures and say, oh, wait, that goes over a little further or this is in the wrong place or something like that. Um 
another thing is you can do is create markers, marks, create marks on the kit, on and around the kit. So, in, uh, for instance, uh, the symbol stands, when you set the symbol stands up, you have to take them apart to put them away. Um, and a lot of times it's easier to take them apart than it is to collapse them down because putting them back together, uh, you want them to be this in, in the same place. So you take the drum symbol stands apart and they um, will have, if it's a good you know, uh, drum tech, they will put little uh, pieces of electrical tape, different colored, like color coded electrical tape on where the symbol stands go um, so that the parts all fit back together. So if there's three parts to a symbol stand, you'd have maybe uh, orange elect electrical tape on each part somewhere, uh, just a small little strip of electrical tape, uh, orange, orange, orange. So when you look at, you pull all the hardware out of the case, you see all orange. You put the orange with the orange, the red with the red, the green with the green. And luckily, you know, it's great that electrical tape, electrician's tape comes in all these different colors. And it's a drum tech's dream to have this cheap way of marking the cymbal stands and getting them all set up the way they were when you took them apart. Um, that's a that's a little trick that they do. Uh, marks on the floor, on the carpet, the drum carpet, assuming that you have the same drum carpet uh, everywhere you go. Like if you're playing clubs and things like that, you probably won't have that that um, convenience of being able to lay a carpet down on a riser. A lot of clubs have carpet already down on the riser and you're sort of just subject to whatever carpet they have and you have to set everything up. So in that case, you refer to your pictures and your photographs and things like that. Um, uh, another thing you can do is make sure all that the mic lines, well, besides something like making sure that are learning how the sound man likes to do the mic placement, they meant like a certain way above the snare and like, uh, two fingers up and two fingers out or something like that. I think as I've heard some people say where the SM 57 microphone goes over the snare and goes up two fingers above the snare and two fingers out up over the rim and pointing kind of at the middle. Anyway, so there's a lot of mic placement that needs to happen. And if a drum tech can learn the mic placement so the sound man doesn't have to, the front of house guy doesn't have to come over and, you know, set all the mics. You know, if you can learn the way that they do it, then all they got to do is come over and just kind of give it a quick little eyeball and make sure everything looks good. And they may make minor adjustments and stuff like that. Sound men are very particular about the mic placement and where mic, and I mean to the utmost detail like um i've seen our sound man like our you know chase my drum tech he, he gets everything just about perfect and still kyle will come over there and he'll push that snare down a little bit more and move that one over a little bit more and just the micro changes that that he likes to do because it does make a difference i guess i mean out front um so uh besides the learning of the mic placement i would say also um making sure that the one of my biggest pet peeves is well, there's two things. One thing is uh, microphone stands that are loose, that are, you're playing a show and all of a sudden a, micro, a boom stand starts to get lower and lower and lower and lower. And the next thing you know, it's resting on the drum. The microphone's actually resting on the drum. Um, now that would be a not very attentive drum tech. Of course, Chase is awesome and he tightens everything up. He even goes around, uh, before the show and, and checks all the tightening of all the cymbal stands and the mic stands and everything. But, um, to make sure that the cymbal stands, I'm, I'm sorry, the microphone stands are tight and they're not, uh, losing their, their, uh, their 
you know, their stature, their, their position, and they're not drooping or anything like that. You make sure those are tight and not spinning and all that stuff. Uh, and also that the mic cords are run nice and clean uh, down the mic stand and over to the snake or wherever it is and bunch the wires together. The worst thing to me, one of my biggest pet peeves is a, is a drum kit with just microphones, cables sticking out everywhere and just like running, just hanging over uh, the drums and being pulled uh, being like one mic cable that looks like it's too short and it's being pulled and it's pulling the mic up and things like that. Just, just that's ugly to me. That's terrible. And uh, I like the kit to be nice and clean and the mics being just like almost invisible. The more you can make the mic cables invisible, the better. Um, so, yeah, that. Um, so I would say also um, listen to the way the drummer plays the your drummer that you're teching for uh, plays the drums. Not, not, maybe not the way he plays, but the way he hits, the way he his velocity, and the way he hits the drums. Is he a soft hitter? Is he like uh, Charlie Watts playing really soft, or is he a hard hitter like Tommy Lee? And learn how he hit he or she hits the drums. And when you do a line check during the day, you're you're just check you know for the sound man. You're having to you're having to hit each drum. Learn how the drummer hits those drums and hit them the same way, the same with the same velocity. Velocity. And um, another thing that I would say to do that's very very important is to be really prepared, because when you're doing outdoor gigs, you're on tour and you're doing outdoor gigs. This doesn't usually happen in clubs. At least I hope it doesn't. Um, but if you're playing outdoor gigs, uh, rain happens, storms come along, wind blows. All the elements of nature will can can just destroy a drum kit. Uh, besides getting getting wet, you know, wind can come by and blow over cymbal stands. And we use the plexiglass shields, two plexiglass shields in front of the cymbals. Those are like sails. Uh, when the wind hits those, it just wants to knock them right over. So to have two things on hand that are uh, super handy are sandbags. So if you need to sandbag the stands or the plexiglass or something like that if it is windy um no need to cover the whole kit but you do need to sandbag some things and and make sure that that they're not going to get blown over by the wind and the second thing is uh some tarps um some plastic tarps handy especially at outdoor gigs you need to have those in a bin or a box or, or a case or something handy we have them in a road case i believe uh, just off stage, if we ever get high winds or uh, it looks like it's going to rain and a big old nasty cloud comes in, we want to um, get the everything covered up real fast. And so it's a it's a it's a it's an all hands on deck kind of thing. And if I'm around and I'm we're about to go on or something like that or sound check happened, this has happened many many times, where uh, the a big cloud will come and it'll start to blow the wind and then it starts to come down rain. I'll grab, I'll help the crew. It will all pitch in and, and throw up tarps over the kit and make sure everything's bungee corded down. So the kit doesn't get wet. And I believe me, I've had my kit get its share of rain before. Like I think we've even played before gigs where the rain was kind of coming down a little bit, not raining, but it was, it was kind of drizzling a little bit. And I remember, we were doing a gig and the whole entire kit just got not soaked, but it got wet over a whole hour and a half show. It got so wet that it, we had to just wipe everything down uh, after the thing. And then, of course, what happens then is you start to get rust 
in the lugs and in this all the metal parts of the drums it won't you won't see it right away but three months down the line you'll start looking at the at the hardware and you'll start to see rust rust coming out of the cracks and things like that and so to cover the kit and to have a nice tarp uh on on hand is super super cool to have um super uh, prepared for a drum tech to to do that and i would say another thing i want to talk about about drum teching is um being uh, th- there's two really really important times that you need to be attentive to your drummer if you're a drum tech and that is one time during sound check and i used to have a drum tech that uh, a while back that I just seemed like every time we would do sound check, he was nowhere to be found and something wasn't plugged in or something wasn't working right or something or something was missing or whatever, like important stuff during sound check. Cause you want that sound check to happen pretty quick. So everybody can get about their business. If there's an opening act waiting to set up, you want to make that happen fairly quick. And, uh, I'm waiting around looking So anybody see my drum tech? No, I don't know where he is. He's on the bus. No, I don't see him there. You know, that, that's one of the worst things that you could do as a drum tech. It's one of my biggest pet peeves of a drum tech is if they're not around and you can't find them when you need something. Normally, you don't need you don't need anything, but when you do, it's nice to have that person there and say, hey, you, uh, can you plug this in? You forgot to plug this one thing in. Um, another thing is during the show to have your drum tech, and in my case, Chase, he does the video he sits back there and cues up a lot of the video things and troubleshoots if we're having any problems with the video. Um, uh, he's back there, man, in the video stuff, but he's also my drum tech. So, um, you know, I had a conversation with him in the beginning when he first joined and I was talking about him, how, how a lot of times during the show, I would look over at my drum tech and he, I couldn't get his attention. He'd be off doing something else or looking down or whatever. And something like a cymbal stand fell over or something like that, or something was a microphone fell, uh, came loose or something was going on and I needed him and I would try and get his attention and I couldn't. And I swear there was for a while there, I was thinking about, uh, installing kind of like a button over there that I could that I could hit a button and a light would go off like a siren would go off over by where he sits over by the video world I'm not talking about Chase I'm talking about another one from a while back uh, to get his attention because I, I was having a hard time getting his attention and I know he meant well and he was a good drum tech but he just didn't get that I don't think he kind of quite got that whole um, you know during the show you have to watch the drummer like a hawk and so if anything goes wrong you'd be ready to fix something and I had a conversation with Chase about that in the beginning. And I, I tell you, every time I look over there at him, he's staring at me. He's just staring me down. You know, you okay? Everything good? You need anything? And sometimes just the fact that I'm looking over at him, he thinks that it, that little tiny thing in his mind goes off that it's something wrong. Maybe something's wrong. Does he need something? So he'll raise his eyebrows and he'll like, everything good? <laughs> just when I look at him. Um, but sometimes I just like to look at them and see if everything's good, you know, make sure everything's good, make sure everything's running smooth. And I'm just looking around and, uh, but he's good. If I ever have a problem, I can just like raise my hand and raise my finger and he's over there in a second. Um, and I know that at Blackbird, they talk about, uh, another thing about you'll learn at tech school is don't run. Um, if you run on stage, it, it kind of it's kind of a bad thing because, you know, you're raising red flags. It, it draws attention where it doesn't need to be. Um, you could trip over something. Uh, it, it's just not a good thing. You know, there's no need to run. But uh, Chase is great about um, 
you know, if I raise my finger and I need something, he's over there within, you know, within 15 seconds. He's walked over there and he's um, addressing what I need. And one thing that's really hard that, that's hard for me to do is when I'm playing to talk and play at the same time. I have kind of a hard time doing that, but I've gotten a little bit better to be able to say something quickly uh, while I'm playing drums in the middle of a song and say, hey, something fell or can you fix that or whatever. Uh, but um, Chase has, has been really, really good at that. And uh, he takes notes a lot. And uh, he's, a, he's a great, great drum tech. So I would say if you're interested in being a drum tech, um, definitely uh, take those things to heart. Uh, the things that I've talked about, uh, be detail oriented, take pictures, make marks where you need marks. And, and don't be afraid to invent your own uh, things. You know, if you have like um, like a um, just off the top of my head, like a toolkit, you go to Lowe's and get a toolkit, buy a tool bag or a toolbox and put stuff in there that you know that the drummer needs, like um, uh, drum keys and uh, moon gels. Moon gels are the things that we put on the drums. They're little square kind of gel, kind of sticky things that we put on the drums to kind of deaden the tone a little bit. Uh, to have moon gels in there. You can have screwdrivers and wrenches and extra string and um, a cymbal cleaner, just things like that. Um, Don't be afraid to invent your own uh, things to make you a better drum tech. Um, Take lots of pictures and talk to the drummers. Everything okay? Do I need to fix anything? Is anything, is everything feel good? Um, is, is it, does everything in the right place? Do I need to uh, adjust anything for next time? Um, and just that kind of thing. That's what makes a really good drum tech communication and, um, just observation, communication, all those shins, um, you want to pay attention to. And I think that, you know, but uh, talking to Steve-O Morrison, um, the fact that he's one of the best drum techs out there and he's drum teching for one of the best drummers. It's a great career to have. It really is satisfying. And I know Chase, my drum tech, he loves what he does and he just can't wait to get up every morning and start setting those drums up. And I will say that whenever we are in a crunch and we uh, are have to get set up, we're opening for somebody or we have to set up really fast. I don't mind getting out there and setting my drums up and I, and I've been asked a a couple of times if I don't mind helping chase out, you know, setting some drums up and I actually love it. I absolutely love setting up drums still to this day because I've been doing it for so long and I know how I like everything and I almost tend to, uh, and nothing, nothing, uh, against chase at all. Chase does a great job, but I almost, when I set my kit up, I think I play just a little tiny bit better that night, just knowing that I set everything up just a little, I can't explain why, because chase does a great job. He sets everything up perfect. But when I set my drums up, I just had that feeling of like, you know, I've got everything exactly the way I want it and I set it up and I play it. So there's just something about it. I guess a familiar familiarity of where everything is because I set it up and the proximity of everything the best way I could describe it but I love setting up my drums and I think that if I ever was going to be a drum tech I think I would be a really good one because I know how to fix things I know how to uh, uh, change out things really fast and detail oriented and um, it would be a great job to have if you're thinking about becoming a drum tech or if you already are a drum tech um, I'm sure you probably have a lot of uh, stories and a lot of uh, um, tips and tricks and things like that. And feel free to um, look me up on uh, Instagram or uh, Facebook or whatever and let me know of some experiences that you've had, uh, drum teching and that kind of thing and tips and tricks and all that. But um, 
Well, I think that's it for this one. Uh, I hope everybody has a great week and enjoying the spring and leading into summer and stay cool out there. And if you're going to be a drum tech, be a good one. And um, maybe we'll see you out on the road somewhere. Okay. Take care. This has been Keach Rainwater with Designated Drummer talking about drum teching. And we'll see you next time.